0: Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we're here for another week, which is very exciting because guys, I'm on my last day of uni. I am recording this on my last day of uni ever. I say last day of uni, I still obviously have to write a full dissertation, but my last assignment is due next week and that means I have nearly completed my master's. Like when I set out to do this, this was such an unachievable task and now to actually be at the point where like it's not that far away is crazy to me. But it also just means that I am a little bit stressed which is why I like things like the newsletter and stuff just have just had to take a back seat because I just have a lot on at the moment and I need to start prioritizing my time like it's a miracle I've managed to record this this week so this is why other things are taking a little bit of a backseat because trying to manage like trying to do uni whilst also doing job applications like it's a lot of work I feel like I need a part time job just to do job applications because there's so many parts to it right my little pet peeve is when you write a full cv and then you have to enter manually enter your cv into their system because that has literally taken years of my life that I will never ever ever get back but it's okay All of these things will eventually lead to a job and I'll be working in London and I will be thriving. And I can't wait to be working because then I'm going to have like, my evenings will be free. I'll have nothing to do on an evening. My weekends will be free. I'll be able to do so much more podcast stuff because I'll have more free time, which is ridiculous because I think now I have more free time, but I don't. Because I kind of can always be doing work and work is always kind of like hanging over me, which I find really tricky to kind of compartmentalize work. I kind of that's why I think I've really benefited from coming into university more, and it's why I've decided that even though technically today is my last day of union and I don't have to come in after this point. I'm going to carry on coming in. I'm going to come in, like, at least four days a week because I just work better here. I think having that, splitting my day up and making sure that I leave the house and have a place to do work really makes me feel more productive and makes me feel like my life isn't just this, like, hamster wheel, you know? So I think that's going to be a thing that's going to also... When I'm at home, I just end up doing other things. Like, I'll be like, if the girls want to go to the pub, I'll be like, yes, I'll join and blah, 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 because I get FOMO. But if I'm here, I can't do that. So that's why I think I definitely, definitely will be carrying on working. But guys, let's do a little life update because it's been such a lovely week. It's been so nice. My boyfriend stayed with me for, like, way longer than I thought he was going to. So that's been really, really lovely. But I don't know when I recorded the podcast last week. I think it was later on. So I told you about my IKEA disaster which has really pissed me off, I can't lie. I really need to get another frame, and I just don't know when I'm going to go. But it ended up all working out okay because that extra frame that I got, I could then use for my housemate's present. So it all worked out in the end. But on Saturday we had the house party, which was so much fun. I love a house party. I honestly, it was so good. And it was so lovely to meet all like my housemates, friends and kind of, you know, like put faces to names. It was really, really fun. And also to have my boyfriend there and him meet everyone. I feel like I really like it when we meet people together, because then he knows everyone that I'm talking about too. And obviously, because we're so in each other's lives, it's really nice to... Feel like you are in each other's social circles. I think this can be one of the tricky things of long distance relationships is that you don't have that or you're not in each other's lives all the time. It can kind of feel a bit uh, like disjointed, you can feel like they're living their life and you're living your life, and you're not very connected. Which is why I love whenever he comes to stay, like massively immersing him in whatever I do. You know, like we'll all like we'll spend so much time as a house together, and it makes me feel like it's more kind of like one big social circle rather than two separated ones. And so we had the house party. Then on Sunday, I genuinely thought I was going to die. It was the worst hangover I've had in so long. Oh, it was bad. It was one of those ones. And I had to do a job assessment as well. And it was one of those ones where I was looking at the job assessment and I was just like hoping things would come to me. I was really hoping words, facts, data, anything, I would kind of absorb the information through it. You know, you're just looking at the screen. I was trying to write my assessment and I was just looking at the screen. But I felt guilty for being hungover. So I was like, well, it's better I just sit here and look at the screen rather than actually relax, which was the wrong way to think. And it's something we're going to talk about more on today's podcast about exam stress and academ- academic stress and all of that type of stuff we're going to we're going to talk more about it then um, but this is what i yeah no so then on the saturday hungover, but we got a chinese in the evening and we watched wall- and that film that film is lovely i love wall- you know i used to hate it because of the minimal talking and i used to find it quite boring but it is an emotional roller coaster Getting Disney Plus was one of my best decisions. One of Dad's best decisions, because I didn't actually get it. Jemima, my little sister, convinced him to get it. But it was the best decision he ever made, because now I feel like Disney Plus has the best TV shows on it. It has such good TV shows. It has the best films. I think because it has all of the comfort films. Although, did you know Harry Potter is coming to Netflix? I didn't know that. Harry Potter is coming to Netflix in the coming weeks, and I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Um but Wally was emotional, and it, it was quite, yeah, when you was a hungover, it was a lot, but for the Chinese this time, normally, I'll always go for Kung Po chicken, didn't this time, went for lemon chicken, and Kung, and Kung Po chicken, me and Louis shared half and half, because I always like having a bit of a combination, you know, a bit of a combination mixture, lemon chicken, beautiful, it was so yummy, it was delicious, although, I feel like I wanted more veg in it, so I wouldn't, I, Basically, I run a Kung pao chicken with the lemon chicken sauce. I think that would also be a bit strange. I think that also would be a bit odd. But when it arrived, it arrived just like the fried chicken and it had a lemon in it. And me and Louie were just kind of looking at the box like, is that it? Is that it? It's just like fried chicken and you like squeeze the lemon. We didn't realise the lemon sauce was in the box on the side. So once we added that, it was way nicer. Way, way, way nicer. And then on Monday... I oh, I forgot I was in uni on Monday. I had a travel safety course, which was um, just was something I have to do if I want to go to Columbia. And then I did some uni work and then it was my housemate's actual birthday. And so we had a dinner party and I've never had a dinner party before. Not gonna lie, my other housemate did most of the cooking, but I did the decorating and I was there for moral support and I did washing up and things like that. So I did help. I made an impact on that meal. I made sure everyone was happy, but it was my housemate's birthday, and it was so lovely because I I think this year is my year of the dinner parties. It was so much fun, and I honestly, I don't know why I feel like I'm a bit out of my clubbing era at the moment. I think it's because, I've said this before, I don't feel mega safe going clubbing on my own. I just don't, and I don't feel mega safe going clubbing. I don't know why. I think maybe it's because it's something that me and my boyfriend have done a lot together that... I kind of don't really jump to do it here. Also, it's expensive. Like, every part about it is expensive, and the whole next day is a write-off. But the dinner party, it felt more, like, wholesome. And, like, just being able to, like, chat to everyone, and everyone getting drunk together and eating really nice food, it just felt like a really lovely evening. And we've recently got into doing so many more barbecues. So this is the summer of... Barbecues and picnics and dinner parties, and I'm so excited for it because recently the weather has changed. Recently, the weather have got, weather has got so much better. I haven't worn a coat since last weekend when I was hungover because I couldn't leave the house without a coat because I felt delicate. <laughs> I am currently in my summer era, and I'm excited. It does feel a bit like everything's going on at once at the moment, and that is a bit scary. And I think also, because you're surrounded by everyone who's also trying to apply to the same things as you, that can also be a bit like, it can make it feel like you've constantly got more and more and more and more and more things to do, because if they're applying for something, that that probably means that you should be applying for something, if that makes sense. But anyway, this is a point of comparison that we are going to discuss more. I think ultimately, though, I am good. I feel happy. I feel... I feel like I'm close to the end now, which is really exciting. It's kind of a bit nerve wracking, a bit intimidating to be like, I'm actually starting my dissertation now, but it's something that I'm excited to start. And it really is just the final hurdle. Like it's the last thing that I have to do. And once I've done that, then that's, that's such a big thing done. You know, that's huge. I've been trying to get better with my sleeping routine at the moment and actually going to bed on time. And I've realised I get really anxious before I go to sleep. But I just need to kind of fight the anxiety, acknowledge the anxiety and then wait, just force myself to go to bed. And I do feel better once I do it. And I do feel better once I have enough sleep because I am so tired at the moment. I've got into a terrible habit, guys of waking up, turning my alarm off, and just going back to sleep. But I don't remember doing this, but I keep waking up like an hour late than I'm meant to, which either means I'm absolutely exhausted or I'm just being mega, mega lazy. So I'm hoping this will resolve next week. I'm really hoping this will resolve next week. I think I remember doing it this morning, but I thought it was half five in the morning. I didn't think it was half six. I think I forgot that I was meant to wake up at half six because when my alarm went off I was like god that's way too early for me go back to bed please and now I'm struggling to fit everything in in my day but it's okay because I can just work late and it's fine and I'll get a good sleeping routine next week. I think because we've had people around at the house for like a while now we're all socially drained like I'm so tired and I'm just like I feel like I need to catch up on like a year's worth of sleep as well because we had the party on the Saturday. On the Sunday, like, we had a few beers. Nothing major. Actually, I don't know if I did, but everyone else did, but I don't think I did. Then on the Monday, we're drinking again. And on the Friday, I don't think we went crazy, but we went to the pub or we did something. And it's just been like back-to-back of days of doing things. So it's been a good week, a lovely week, but I now am paying the price for the week and I always forget that that's what's going to happen and I always forget that I am going to end up feeling a little bit more delicate, a little bit more kind of brain foggy the next few days but I feel like I'm getting back now. I'm bouncing back and I've started back at the gym again and that always helps. Although I've got this thing at the moment where when I wake up, I'm really bloated. Like, right, too much information but like I'm really bloated and it's like hard bloat as well and I don't really understand where like, why it's there, like, I don't really get it, it's, like, a hard, break. like, I look like I'm pregnant, and I don't know why, I'm not pregnant, by the way, <laughs> that's not the issue, it's, like, bloating, and I don't, I'm not a because it's really uncomfortable, and I just, I just wonder if anyone else has this issue, and if you do, can you tell me wh- how you solved it, because I've seen all of those things about having greens and stuff like that, but it's just more money to spend things on, and I don't really want to spend things on that, so... I'm not going to, but I know it's bad. I know you should invest in your health and everything, but sometimes there's just so many things that you should invest in that it ends up costing you so much money. And I just think, I don't have the funds for all of this. I don't like everyone who buys like the sea moss and the apple cider vinegar gummies and the hair stuff and the collagen stuff and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, that is so much money every single month that I just don't have. I don't mind doing the gym and I don't mind meditating, but I can't be doing everything else as well. That's it's going to be a little bit too much then. I don't have enough money for that, I'm afraid. I really need to get a job. I really need the podcast to start earning some money, but I don't really know how to do it. And every time I... I think once I start the Patreon account, then that'll be better. Um, because then I can start doing, like, extra podcast episodes and stuff and just give them to, like, a select few of you that want to pay for them. Um, so obviously the podcast will still remain free, but the extra things that I want to do, I can start making it all work. And I think... That's kind of like the next step for the podcast. I just need to... I'm thinking of doing some events work, of doing some kind of agency work because that's meant to be a really good way to earn money. And the nannying is good, but I just don't want something with commitment right now because when I go into September, I'm going to be working for like the foreseeable future. And so I quite want this summer to be like more of a chill summer. I feel like I've worked every single year so far. I haven't really ever had a break. I've never had a break. The longest break I've had has been... When I went to Bali, oh no, I just broke my hair bubble. Oh no, that's a disaster. Which was obviously a lovely break, but it wasn't that prolonged. And then I kind of went straight into education, which was one of the most intense things that I have ever done ever. So I'm ready for a bit more of a like being able to organise my time and Felix's like podcast. But anyway, I've got to go to an appointment now, so I'm going to come back and record the next part of the podcast in an hour. But anyway, onto the content part for this week's podcast. week's podcast we are talking about exam stress and academic validation. I'm just going to move closer to you. Exam stress and academic validation because as I'm leaving education it's something that has really played a massive part in my educational journey and it's something that I wish really hadn't. It's something that I wish hadn't been so dominating. It's something I wish I'd learned how to deal with because it's been hard and it's ruined things for me and I just, I wish I hadn't let it. I wish I'd had a better perspective and hopefully I can share that perspective with you and then you can make it so it doesn't ruin your life as much as it's ruined mine. So my deal with education is that I've always, I've always enjoyed school and I've always found that if I worked hard enough, then I could do well and I could make myself work harder and I could do better. Like there was a relationship between how hard I worked and how well I did. And which was great and really good, like I, I did well, and I'm proud of myself for doing well, but then that also meant that I started to get a lot of my validation through education, as so much of my identity became wrapped up in achieving and studying, because I'd study, and then I'd achieve, and then I'd get validated for it, and then I'd study, and I'd achieve, and I'd get validated for it, which just created this vicious cycle, which as I started to study more and more, more of my identity got wrapped up in academia, because I'd spend less time doing other things, I spend less time working out who I was, working out my character, working out what I liked, what I didn't like and who I was as a person because so much of my focus was on school. Like, so much of my focus was always on achieving the next step. I was constantly living a couple of steps ahead. I was always thinking about the next exam thing or the next thing I need to apply for or the next job or the ultimate goal and it was exhausting it was exhausting to constantly be thinking that many steps ahead. And it's something that I think now I'm noticing it in the way that I'm applying for jobs. It's something that I'm always living in the future. I'm always working towards a future goal rather than being more in the present. And it also means that I've put a lot of pressure on myself around exam season, I become the worst person to be around the stress and the anxiety. And also, Now I know I have ADHD, like, this idea of me needing to work hard. I used to feel like I had to work harder than everyone else. That, like, the playing field wasn't level. That I had to put in so many more hours than everyone else had to put in. And I now know, like, now I have ADHD, it kind of makes more sense because there are not enough hours in the day for me to do things. There are not enough hours in the day for me to do enough work compared to everyone else. I have to have extra time. And it's something that I didn't really think about before. It's something that I was slightly... Well, I was fully unaware. Like, you guys know when I got my ADHD diagnosis, like, that was a shock. I had never even thought that I had that. And so when I got that, it was, like, a kind of... There was a moment where I kind of had to grieve about everything else that I'd been through and kind of the struggles that I'd had and how this new diagnosis reframed those issues that I'd had. They'd reframed it into being... I kind of, it made more sense of things. And I think this constant stress then around exam season is like, guys, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't sleep. I don't sleep. I have no boundaries when it comes to working when it's around deadline season. Like, and it's, the tricky thing is, is that you do get validated for doing those things. I do get, I got good grades. Like, you know, like I got nearly a hundred percent in my exam, but I got that because I had literally no life for like a month. And I don't know, I, I think it is important to work hard, but I think it's also got to realise that this is your life. You know? This is your life. And it is important to work hard, and that I'm not saying that's not important, but I, sometimes I really struggle to put in those boundaries because so much of my identity is wrapped up in doing well that I think if I put those boundaries in place then I'm not going to do as well, and then I get so much anxiety surrounding it. Like, before I exams... I honestly think I'm gonna cry because the stress dominates me so much. I think I'm gonna be so. I I've cried in exams. I feel so overwhelmed, and because I can't regulate my own emotions, I get so overwhelmed with everything that's going on. I feel kind of sick to my stomach. Nervous exams. I know people get nervous, but like my nerve wrackingness is extreme. It's so extreme, and I realize. I know I did that podcast on how stress is dominating my life, but. If I carry on living in this constant stress environment, then I'm not really living, you know? Like, I need to get better at realising that the stress isn't everything, that stress isn't, like, this exam stress isn't what's propelling me to do well. It's the knowledge of my brain that's making me do well. I had this thing in exam season where I feel like I need to get to a certain level of burnout to then feel rewarded I feel like I need to be certain level of exhausted to then feel like I'm doing well to then feel like I'm being enough and I remember it at Christmas time it's when my brain is quiet because I've realized I'm only my brain is only quiet I'm only subdued when I'm really exhausted when my brain is like we've done so much today I can't do anymore and I think this has been something that I've become more aware of as a sign out of burnout, but beforehand, when I was in my, when I was doing my A levels, when I was doing my like degree, even during my, my my masters now, that sign didn't used to be a sign of burnout. That exhausted feeling used to be a sign of success, and that's something that's really dangerous because it means that you're struggling. You don't notice when you're having too much. You don't notice when you need to put the boundaries in place, and this is why I think exam stress is something that's really important to talk about because so many of us are validated through academia and it's, it's like, it's good to do know that you're doing well, but it's really important to create your identity outside of this. I remember when I did my A-levels and I didn't do as well in one of them as I thought. And it was the most distressing experience. I was sobbing because so much of my validation, so much of my life, so much of my opinion of myself was wrapped up in me doing well in school. And I think so many things in my life have like been wrapped up in me doing well at a certain thing there is not much room for me to fail there is not much room for me to make mistakes and it's like if I do make mistakes then I don't feel like if I do well then it doesn't feel like okay yeah you've done really well you should be really proud of yourself that feels like it should be neutral and when I do badly that feels like it should be terrible but the danger in this mindset and the danger in that is that you're never you're never saying well done to yourself You're never being validated. You're never taking a breath and realising that you did well you're never being proud of yourself. And I think that's something that I've really struggled with because even recently when I got some exam results through, I cried at my exam result. Not exam, like assignment result. I cried at it because I thought I did really badly, but I didn't do badly. I did well, but it's like this whole... My expectations that I've placed on myself are so extreme, they're so high that when I don't do well then it's a massive defeat in my eyes. It's something that I really struggle with, like, comprehending the idea that that version of me, who I thought I was, I'm not that person anymore. I'm not the person that does really well in school. I'm not blah, 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 blah. And I think this is why I'm always so grateful that I created the podcast. Because when I did have... When I only had uni and exams and studying... When I didn't do well, it really felt like the whole world was crashing down. It really felt like I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was doing. And I think when that happened, when COVID hit, it made me take like a long look in the mirror and ask myself, like, do I know who I am? Do I know what I'm like without any of this? Do I know what I like to do? Do I know how I like to spend my time? And I realised I didn't. I realised I had no idea who I was outside of academia. I had no idea who I was outside of studying. My entire life had had revolved around studying for so long that when it all ended, when I submitted my dissertation, I was a bit lost. I didn't really know what to do with myself because for so long I'd been working on this piece of work, for so long I'd been working at such a high intensity, trying to get the best grade, trying to do really, really well. And then when I submitted it, it was just kind of like, well, what now? Like, what now? What is, my, what is my purpose? Where am I going? What is, my, what is my function in life? And I couldn't tell you, and I didn't know what it was, and I felt totally lost. And I think this is why this podcast is important, because I know so many of you are doing your A-levels and your GCSEs right now, and they are stressful, and it is hard. Like, my A-levels were the most stressful thing I've ever done in my life. Like, it was so difficult, and if you're doing them right now, then I promise, like, they were hard. They were really, really hard. But I promise you that it's important to start creating an identity for yourself outside of school. And I think especially as a lot of you are now making that transition into university, and that is where you kind of start to create your identity outside of school. You start to work out who you are. You start to work out what you like. It's important to invest in that. Because once you start to have an understanding of who you are outside of school, you find friends, you like going out, you like going running, you like going to the gym. I'm just really describing myself here, but you know, like once you start creating all of these other things, having the podcast, all of a sudden I had this bit of a relief. And it was strange because it was a sense of relief of like, if everything else doesn't work, then I'll be okay because I still have this. I always will have You've Got Mail. Whether it's successful, whether it's not successful, I will always create it because it's something that makes me feel good. And it's something else outside of my character that I don't really have have in anything else. And it's something that I wish I'd done sooner. I wish when I was at exam and when I was doing my exams that I'd realised that that wasn't the be-all and end-all of everything. And I think this is something that's really important to know as you are doing your exams, right? They're stressful, it is hard but you are worth so much before your exams and you'll be worth so much after exams. You were a person always, okay? And you deserve to be loved and you deserve love and you deserve great things. The exam grade doesn't determine any of that. The exam grade doesn't affect you as a person. And I'd wish as I grew up, I put more distance between me and a grade. I wish that I didn't always see my value in a number on a piece of paper. Because what does that tell you? It tells you your ability to memorise facts. It tells you your ability to understand chemistry. It tells me my ability to write a good essay. But it doesn't say how kind I am. It doesn't say how grateful I am to be here. It doesn't say how great the people I've surrounded myself with are. It doesn't say how empathetic I can be and how much of a good friend I am to the people around me. It doesn't say any of that. None of that is in the grade. So when you walk into that exam paper, when you walk into that exam hall, I mean, hold your head up high. And realise that you are worth something before, you are worth something when you leave. This is just a way to test your abilities. And I think that's important to remember when you are feeling so stressed. And it's something that I wish I'd learned sooner. is that it's okay to feel stressed, it's okay to feel anxious about it, it's okay to feel overwhelmed. But please don't get it mixed up with how much you are worth as a person. Please don't get it mixed up with how much you think you deserve. Because you deserve so much. And the exam grade doesn't change any of that. And I think another thing that helped me take less pressure out of the exam, take less pressure out of how much it was worth, was that realising that when I didn't get a good grade in chemistry, that stopped me from doing the course I wanted to do. But in reality, I would have hated that course because my academic abilities weren't high enough for it and I would have been miserable. So I'm not saying, like, give up, don't, like, go for your dreams and everything like that, like, if you fail, don't try again. But I'm saying when you don't do well at something and you don't, you aren't able to like go on to the next step. I wasn't able to do the university course I wanted to do. They're not doing that to be mean they're not doing that because they hate you they're not doing that because you're not do- you don't deserve to be there. They're doing that because you're not going to necessarily thrive in it like you're not going to love it. It's not going to make you feel great because I hated chemistry, and the thought of me doing three years of biochemistry, I would have hated it. I would have been miserable. And I think once I kind of reasoned that to myself of, okay, I didn't get the course that I wanted, I didn't get to do the uni degree I wanted to do, but if I had have done that one, I'd have been miserable. Instead, I did microbiology, which was way more biology-focused, and I loved it. It was so much more in tune with what I wanted to do. So I think realising that your grade isn't reflective of the number on the piece of paper, but also realising if you don't get what you want to get, if you don't get what you necessarily need to get, then that's okay. Because you might not have enjoyed that path anyway. That path might not have been the path for you. And it's okay for that not to be the path for you. It's okay to make change. As you get older, as your brain develops, I think it's ironic that we pick our A-levels in year 12, like end of year 11. You hardly know yourself then. I know there's no other option, but you literally hardly know yourself. And I think as you get older, your decisions on yourself, your understanding of yourself, the things you want in life are bound to change. You get to know yourself more. So it'd be weird if it didn't change. That would be strange. So, it's okay for you to want different things. It's okay for you to want to do a different course. It's okay for you to want to change everything. It's normal, if anything. And I think another thing that I struggled with in terms of getting your results is when I was in secondary school, because the pool of people was smaller, I, set unre- I was like, and I was a high achiever. Then, when I got into university, where the pool of people you're up against is bigger, and it's also been filtered, because only people that can be on that course are the people that got, like, a certain grade, or people that got, like, to a certain point, so you're up against people that are now much more similar to you, and I think in secondary school, I set this unrealistic grade to myself that I was, like, this A-star student, even though I've never really been that student, but I really set my heart on being this A-star student, because, again, so much of my validation was wrapped up in academia, so When I hit, when I got to my degree and I didn't get A stars, I was like getting a 2-2. I was getting 2-1 at a push, but 2-2 mainly. It was a shock. It was a massive, massive shock. And I felt so sad about it all. Because again, so much of my identity, so much of my self-worth had been wrapped up in that number. And you know what made me feel even sadder about it? Comparing myself to everyone else around me. Because I was comparing myself to their grades that they had got. I think I set my expectations so high when I saw people around me getting those grades, it made me feel so demotivated because I just felt like I should be able to work harder. I should be able to do this. I should, I should, I should. And I'm not. And that makes me a bad person. That makes me unworthy of this. That makes me unsuccessful. And every time I'd see everyone else doing well, I wouldn't celebrate their achievements. I would just hate on my own achievements. I would think what I had done wasn't good enough. And I would judge my level of success by how well my grade was compared to theirs. I would constantly compare. And it's not safe to do that for your own mental health. You're going to end up destroying your mental health because this constant game of comparison, I'm going to do more of a podcast on the dangers of comparison. But it literally doesn't bear any impact on your life whatsoever. You've got to focus on your own race and just carry on doing the things that make you happy. Because there are going to be things about your character that you have that they don't have. There are going to be things that they have that you don't have. And there is always going to be someone that's better at you at something. You know? There is always going to be someone. So as soon as you start becoming content in your own ability to achieve and your own kind of understanding of where you're going and your own confidence... And I think having that confidence in yourself about... Being knowing you deserve to be there, knowing that you are good enough, knowing that whatever grade you get, you will succeed, stops you needing to compare, because when el- someone else does better than you in an exam, when someone else does better than you in an assignment, you're not beating yourself up, you're saying, well done for doing so well, I'm really proud of you. I did well too, I tried as hard as I can. I think a lot of these things come down to trying as hard as you can, and I think that's something that I've always had, is I've always tried as hard as I can, and hoped for the best, (laughs) like I've always really tried, and ultimately, if it goes well, then it goes well, if it goes badly, then it goes badly, but I have tried as hard as I can, and I can't ask for any more than that, you can't do any more than that, you can't, you can't have their brain, you can't have their mindset, but you are going to have things that they don't have, and they're going to have things that you do have, and I think as I've got older, especially this year, this has been something that I've really worked on, and one of you guys asked for this podcast to be on, like, nothing changes if nothing changes, and I think this is really relevant for this part of the podcast, realising that I've got to, I've got to acknowledge that I have worked hard enough, and I've got to give myself some credit, I've got to be thankful for to myself for working hard, I've got to be thankful to myself for trying as hard as I could, And I've got to be grateful to myself for being in the position that I'm in now. And I've got to be proud of myself for working so hard. But I've got to start actively changing that mindset. So I think if you have got exams coming up, if you have got academic assignments due in, nothing changes if nothing changes, okay? You can't expect to feel less stressed about exams if you don't start putting the effort in to feel less stressed about exams. And the biggest tip I can give you for feeling less stressed about exams is zooming out. It's creating an identity for yourself outside of education because then you are able to zoom out. You're able to experience other parts of the world. You're able to experience other things in life. Once I got my first job, I realised how, how many other things, like how there was a world outside of university. There is a world outside of there and there are so many things that you can do with it. Academia and exam stress, exams, exams are important but they are not the be-all and end-all. They are not going to be the things that make you happy in life. You know, well, they might be, I guess, if it gets you to a certain point. I'm not trying to be unmotivating, because I know you guys are obviously working really hard at the moment, but I'm just saying don't catastrophise them. If you don't do well in something, you're not going to die. It's not the end of the world. Your life isn't a write-off. You are so young. And ultimately, you can always take it again. Like, I feel like we always forget this. You, you can have another go. If it doesn't go to plan, if you make a big mistake, if you un- misunderstand something, you can have another go. You might not want to, but you can have another go. It is okay, you can have retrial it, okay? It's not the be-all and end-all of everything. So please take a deep breath and realise you're doing as well as you can. Be proud of yourself for getting to this point. Be proud of yourself for trying to as hard as you can, okay? Give yourself a hug. Celebrate the small wins. Don't beat yourself up about the things that you don't do well and stop comparing yourself to others because it's not going to be what makes you happy and it's not relevant to your life, okay, whatever they get is not relevant to you, you are running your own race and I just think it's something as you create an identity outside of education that really starts to become apparent, you are running your own race, you are doing so many other things outside of it and I think it's really important to remember that. But anyway, onto the questions for this week's podcast. Oh, by the way, if you're not already subscribing make sure you press subscribe, make sure you follow me on Instagram and on TikTok because that would make me so happy. It's you've got mail underscore podcast on both. Anyway, onto the question part for this week's podcast. So onto the question part for this week's podcast. Okay, first question. Advice for moving away from home for uni for the first time. Okay, it's going to be hard, right? I'm just going to prephrase this by saying it is going to be hard. But that it's okay to find this hard. I'm gonna do a full podcast on like moving back, moving to uni because I feel like it deserves so much of its own attention. It's something that I'm not gonna lie, like I struggled with. I found moving to uni really hard. I found it really tricky. It played on it I, like I'm such like a home bird that I found it hard leaving. I think I've always found like it's embarrassing to admit, but I've always found leaving my parents like I find leaving people terrible. I cry whenever I leave someone, and it's so a really intense reaction to things I really don't need to but the advice for moving away from uni for the first time I think my top tips would be start prepping now getting comfortable with the idea that you are going but also don't let it dominate your entire summer I think part of my like when I was going to uni for the first time I went traveling that summer beforehand I went like backpacking around Italy and Greece with my ex-boyfriend and So I was kind of very distracted about the fact that I was going. So then when I did go, it was like a massive shock to my system. It was like a, what's going on? And I think in a way that was good because it made that I didn't really like dwell too much on it. Because what's the point in worrying if for like six months? But also it was a massive shock to my system. So I think maybe actually my first tip would be wherever you're going, check that you pick good accommodation. Because I didn't realise at Leeds, each different accommodation has a different like, has a different thing that they're associated with. So like certain ones are like more party ones, certain ones are like more sporty ones, like they each have a different thing that they're associated with. And I didn't know this, but if I'd have done a bit of research, everyone else knew this. So I think my first tip would be choose good accommodation because that's gonna dictate the time that you have there. And then second thing would be, don't put too much pressure on it. You're gonna have a great time, but you're also gonna have some tough times and that's okay because moving out is scary, but change happens, okay? Okay. Nothing changes if nothing changes and it's part of growing up and it's kind of something that has to happen. And also realising that everyone else is feeling the exact same way. I was so nervous about meeting people and making friends, but I did make friends and you will too like it is going to be okay, I think that fundamental knowledge that it is going to be okay is really important, but also my second piece of advice for moving to uni is don't do any work this summer, like I I try, I was like I'm going to do loads of biology before I start, but blah blah, blah 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 don't bother, you don't need to, you're going to arrive in September and everyone's going to be on the same page and I'm going to teach you everything, so enjoy your summer, have a really good summer, and become comfortable with the idea that you are going away. I think me going traveling for a bit kind of gave me a bit of confidence because then I was like I've been on my own for four weeks and I was able to travel and now I feel good about it all but I struggled because I was in 18 like I wasn't 18 when I went traveling um so I'd never been out before before I went to uni because I was only 17 because I'm like an August like end of August baby so That was something that was a bit tricky. I'll talk about that more in the actual podcast episode, but kind of meant so it's like a lot of new experiences and I'd never really drank before or anything like that. So that was a little bit stressful. Um, But I think biggest tip, moving away from home for uni for the first time, take a deep breath, soak it all in, realise that this is the next step that is exciting and that you're going to have a great time. And also realising that you're not on your own in all of this and that I'm here and that so many other people in the community are going through this and that you will be okay, I promise. Okay, next question. It's just loading. Why is it not working? There we go. Okay, are you travelling anywhere soon? Well, supposedly I'm going to Colombia in two weeks. But I have not yet booked my flights. So, whether or not this actually happens, we will see. It will be a miracle if everything manages to happen in time. It really, truly will be a miracle. But, you know, we'll just see what happens. I'm hoping it's Colombia. If I don't end up going for whatever reason, if it doesn't all work out, then I'm just going to... I can't really afford to go anywhere this summer. I'm going to a few festivals. I really want to go somewhere with my boyfriend. I want to go to Italy. But that's a little bit expensive. It all depends on what job I get in September because then I need to know like how long my savings need to last for. But I'd love to go to Italy because he's never been before. Like I've been quite a few times, but he's never been. So I want to take him there. Um, I don't, we were going to go to Thailand, but I just don't think I can afford it um so i think i'll go to thailand next year and i think this year i'd love to go interrailing for a bit if i can finish my dissertation by beginning of august that would give you a month to maybe go traveling or something so that would be really fun that would be great but i just need to get some shifts first i need to get some more money and then i can start planning these type of things but then also i really want to enjoy summer in london Like, I think it's lovely to go away and everything, but I've never, I am in a new place. I've never had a summer in London and that's really exciting. And so I am hoping to just kind of focus on being here at the moment, which is nice. It's kind of like settling. Okay, next question. Do you believe in conspiracy theories? Not all of them, but it is suspicious what happened with Harry and Meghan, that is suspicious. But then I talked to my friend about it who does media law. And she was saying that because Harry and Meghan, by the way, I don't know if any of this is true. This is literally my own opinion. Don't like, I'm not trying to give you facts. I'm just telling you interesting things. Um, And she was saying about how now Harry and Meghan have left the royal family that they need to make money on their own. And so they need to stay in the public eye. And so... It's interesting that they've now all of a sudden had this because it's brought them back into the public eye and it's made them make more money because now more people might buy Harry's book or watch the documentary and blah, 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 blah. so, So I think it's suspicious. But then I also think maybe not. I think there's so many explanations for so many things that happened in the world. And I definitely don't think the explanation we've all accepted is the one that's true. I think so many things have happened that are just unexplainable or inexcusable, not inexcusable, like unexplainable, or the excuse that we've got is just so unrealistic that I'm like, is that really real? But you know what, I don't really research many conspiracy theories, because I get too like warped into it. I get to, I don't know if that's the right saying, but I end up overthinking things too much. I end up getting a little bit obsessed and like questioning everything. And I need a bit of stability in my life. So I kind of just focus on what I'm doing at the moment. And maybe I should spend more time researching it. But I don't really, I don't really spend that much time looking into them, but I definitely think there's more than one explanation for what's happening. Okay, let me do one more. Do you love your life? You know what I do? I was thinking this, I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, like on the content part, but constantly living in stress and constantly living for a goal that's a couple of weeks ahead is not healthy. And I'm starting to find the joy in like the studying, finding the joy in the, like the work that I'm doing at the moment enjoying writing my assignment enjoying the little things and I think that's really important because that's what makes you love your life it's finding the little pieces of joy in every single day and that's made me love my life a lot more it's made me love my life made me wake up feeling happy like I still get quite anxious when I go to sleep like don't get me wrong but that's more because I'm anxious about doing uni work and that makes me feel a little bit overwhelmed but ultimately I am I am really happy and I love the people I've got surrounding me and I love my course so yeah I think I do love my life, you know? Where are you from? I'm from Scarborough in the north. So, north of England. I live by the seaside, um, which is very different to London. It's so much colder than London. London is very warm. Well, I was going to say London is freezing, but it's not. It's very tropical, actually. Especially at the moment. But anyway, let's do a couple more questions. We have two minutes left of this segment. Do you think your friends knowing you have ADHD is a good thing? I've told a friend I have autism and I feel relieved, but also on edge about her knowing and she may tell others. So this is a very personal question and, like, obviously, like, my opinion of this doesn't, isn't right or wrong, there's no, it's a personal choice, this. Personally, I found it helpful telling my closest friends because, well, I mean, I told all of you, but I found it helpful telling people because then it kind of made people realise that things in my character where, like, I struggle to reply to messages on time, I can take a while to reply to messages. And it made people realise that I wasn't doing that out of malice and I wasn't doing that because I was lazy and I wasn't doing that because I was rude. I was doing that because, like, it's like I genuinely forget. I I can't remember all of those different things at once. And them knowing that kind of gave me a bit more breathing room with those types of things. Like, they understood when I said, like, look, I'm really overwhelmed right now. Like, it's getting quite a lot that I wasn't kind of just saying it, that it was really getting quite a lot. And I mean, I guess that goes for everyone that's not really with ADHD. That was probably a bad example. But I think personally, you've got to trust in your friends. Like you told your friend because you love them and you've got to trust in them that they're going to respect that knowledge. If you are worried about them going around telling people, then have that conversation with them would be what I would do. If I told someone I didn't want other people to know, then I would say, please can you not tell anyone else? Like this is something that I'm comfortable with you knowing, but I'm not really comfortable with sharing with everyone yet, because I'm just worried about how people will think of me. Which by the way, they won't they shouldn't think of you any other way, but I understand that fear because I've also felt that fear and it is something that kind of plays on your mind, isn't it? So I would say you've trusted them enough to have the secret, so trust them enough not to tell people, but don't be afraid to like kind of confirm that you don't want them to say anything, if that makes sense. Okay. I'm still a virgin at 22. Is that weird? I'm a female. I think there's so many expectations about like how it's all meant to happen and how you're meant to go into relationships and how you're meant to have sex with people and how you're meant to live your life. Like there's so many predetermined expectations, but as soon as you realize they are totally made up like there's no there's there's no facts to any of them nothing is strange it's not strange if you haven't had your first kiss yet it's not strange if you've never had a boyfriend or a girlfriend it's not strange if you've never ever been with someone it's not strange if you've always been single none of these things are strange you know it's all if you think about these expectations this is how i kind of rationalize it to myself all of these expectations are created by society society is just a group of humans okay they decide what is strange and what is not strange, what is normal, what is not normal, but ultimately it was just decided by the group of people. By a group of people. But all of these things, like not having sex yet, it has no it like it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? I wish I could like say this in a better way, but no, it's not strange. It's really, really not. And like it it's so to- it's such a personal thing. Like everyone has sex when they're ready to have sex and that's okay that's normal that's how it should be you should have it when you're ready to have it like it's not something you should ever feel forced into doing or pressured into doing there's no time expectation on it there's no time expectation on anything you have so much of your life to experience so many different things that don't ever feel like time is running out or that you don't have enough time to do everything that you want to do so no it's definitely not weird But anyway, we better move on to the new things that I've done this week. But if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast and follow me on Instagram and on TikTok, then make sure you do. But anyway, yeah, on to the new things I've done this week. So this week's new things include getting myself back in order. I've had 10 days off, 10 days doing fuck all, where I have done studying, but haven't really been doing my like daily routines. And now I'm back back to the gym, back to meal prepping and I'm already feeling better, I'm already feeling good about it and also it's been interesting because for the first time I was actually listening to my body, I think I, I've been, i been, I I'm prone to pushing myself to do stuff that I don't really want to do because I think I have to do it but i realized over the past week that i don't have to do anything i don't want to do and i'm just putting unnecessary stress on myself so i am becoming better at listening to my body and doing the workouts that i want to do and make myself feel good and it's been a good priority you know i feel i feel really i feel happy with life at the moment The Girls is getting more intense. It's the book that I'm reading. It's the one that's a bit about a cult. I don't want to spoil it, but it is getting a bit dark now, and I am quite nervous about reading it. I'm halfway through and then I'm reading Dear Evan Hansen because I started it and then I realised I had all of these library books out on loan. So I needed to finish them. And then I'm gonna read that. Um but it is really good. I would recommend it. I would just say that it is a little bit dark, and that's a bit like I started watching Desperate Housewives because I've never watched it before, and my housemate's obsessed with it, and she's been watching it. So I've been dipping in and out of that, and that has been good. Although I think because I haven't been watching it full time, like dipping in and out of episodes, I don't know the storyline, so it's hard to keep up. So now I guess when I do watch it, I'll just be filled with loads of spoilers, which is a little bit upsetting, you know? I feel like it's a classic to watch, but I'm going to give it a shot in summer. Oh, imagine just sunbathing out. Mm, lovely. I've also started running in the evenings and I was quite scared about it. Just like scared that it wouldn't be okay, but it's literally all been fine. And I don't know what I was worried about. And it was literally so busy. I think I thought it was going to be empty and that hasn't been the case in the slightest. So I'm glad about that. And I think when I don't have time to go to the gym, doing things like that has made me feel better because My mental health is literally so dependent on how much exercise I do and it's ridiculous. But anyway, thank you for listening. I hope you're having a lovely week. And if you are doing your exams then I'm proud of you, keep going. It's not the be all and end all of everything. You will survive this, I promise. Make sure that you've subscribed to the podcast because it massively helps more people find me and that you're following me on Instagram and on TikTok so that you can get more of my content and you can come like take part in the question part, which makes it way more interactive. But I hope you're having a great week. I hope you're enjoying the it's bank holiday next weekend which is exciting but anyway i hope you're enjoying your weekend and i'll speak to you soon i love you bye